This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale, ericsfamilybbq.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip. You won't be sorry. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. You thought that was funny. You were laughing like a hyena when he said it. What the hell is wrong with you? Look at this. Hey, Brady, look, right there is Mike Watkiss. He's a legend in this town and now uh, everywhere. And then just unbelievable. I have to start before you even say a word to me. I have to start by saying this. Yesterday, uh, you were on the phone with our producer, uh, Dick Toledo, and you said it's not really my documentary to talk about, the, the keep, or, uh, keep Sweet documentary that you're part of. That's everybody's watched and gone nuts for. But you are the reason there's a documentary. We like to you believe that. You, you know that, right? Uh, you know, that's you're a big so controversial. First of all, good morning. Good morning to you, Mike Watkins. And uh, thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Yeah, I, got the, I got word yesterday that you were hunting me down. We were. We, well, we've been, we've been talking <laughs> uh, about it. But, and yeah, here's the other well, thing. And I appreciate it. I'm really more interested in what you're I, – I, I sort of know the story, so I'm interested yeah. in your guys' reaction. But, uh, you know, honestly, my – uh, the reason I got involved in that is that I was been ambivalent, and everybody who does a documentary on this subject at some point or another contacts me and asks for my help. Or, yeah. And I understand that, and, and that's that's kind. And for, throughout my career, I've thought telling the story was the most important thing, so I will share it with anybody. Yeah. I've been screwed a lot of times by oh. my colleagues for doing that. But the bottom line is this is not – it ain't my story. And, I, and to the extent I'm a part of this history – I'd, I'd like to clarify what I see as this history, and this history is two or three generations of very brave women oh, yeah. who got out of there. And you know, you can gussy it up and try to say that the reporter did something or some goofball private investigator or some famous author. And you know what? That's a lot of the, – the, the handful of men who helped in this cause are men who merely did their jobs. I did my job. I got paid to tell stories. 
But I was lucky enough, I, you know, coming from that background, I came here at a time when there was sort of the perfect storm. We had a handful of brave women who were stepping forward and raising hell like never yeah. before, and they needed a scribe. Now, how did that happen? It's still going on. As that well, and it will be – I tell people they, those guys were doing up there 120 years ago, and odds yeah. are there are going to be groups of them doing it somewhere 120 years from now. Yeah. Don't, that ain't going away. The right. theology is sort of now bedrock for yeah. a lot of people. And uh, that theology has definitely been used in these contexts to sort of be the justification for, as we see with Warren Jeffs, pedophilia. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. And, uh, and you know, and just growing up there, I knew the secrets and I felt it was my obligation to tell the story more uh, more pointedly and in depth than has had been done before. Yeah. And fortunately, I hooked up with some crazy crusaders <laughs> who were really the, the women – whose shoulders the women you see in that documentary stood upon. Yeah. I've now been around long enough to see two or three generations, and men can go and take all the credit in the world and bull, bull, bullshit so many oh, failures careful. in Arizona. Yes. You but see, the, you just haven't learned. But the bottom line, <laughs> uh, but the bottom line is it really – this is a story of some heroic women over the course yeah. of a couple of generations that changed their – started a revolution – and change the world. Yeah, but uh, but the the key to it is though that there it takes it takes that. Yes, I agree that you were just doing your job, but you got to put your hooks in because your job was. I like at, putting my hooks. It was fun to watch. I dove sort of in. A, you you dove into I this and of, uh, became legendary name. for it because had you not been interested in this, yeah. it would have just been a passing interest or a salacious story well, that local news would have jumped. And that's and that has been the history. I mean, we there's been explosions of his uh, big events that have captured headlines all around. You know, there was a raid in 1953. Yeah. There have been – which changed Arizona's history, it forced a governor out because there was public reaction to that raid back in 1953, which was probably justified. A raid against the Yeah, they the said uh, Governor uh, Governor Pyle, Howard Pyle, this is history now. Yeah, yeah. get into but it. But the bottom line is, you know, the history – Arizona has had a long, rich history in Utah too – because these two communities are, you know, straddle the border. And uh, so, yeah, a governor many years ago, Howard Pyle, sent cops in there because they, they thought about underage marriages. And, and they raided the place. Unfortunately, the Arizona Republic and, the, uh, and Life magazine were there. And they shot photos very similar to what we saw in Texas raids. That's what I was You know, the yeah. women uh, – the children – the women uh, grieving their missing children and husbands. You know, it was probably heavy-handed, but the point was right because yeah. the wrongdoings were going on then. But because of the photographs, the sort of un- untelegenic photographs uh, for the cops, yep. uh, it, it, literally Howard uh, Pyle lost the governorship because based of that. on that, and it became the fifth. It became a, a toxic rail in politics. Everybody said, "Look." It ended Howard Pyle's career. Yeah, you don't touch and, it. And, We're not and, touching and, and, and the people wow. up in Colorado City and Hilldale knew this, and they realized we're Teflon. Yeah. They're never going to come back. That blew up in their face, and it blew up in their face in Texas. I mean the history repeats and, itself. And fast the forward, wrongs have been there and continue to be there. Which on the documentary, the one, you know, when you're at that point where you've been covering this, and then all of a sudden the raid happens, yeah. and then you had the – other version of you know you got Oprah going through their Dateline yeah. and that must have been just it was well tough. it was, it was a hyster- it was a hysterical moment it was a, f- a funny moment in my career 
when right after the raid, there was a day when there, uh, the FLDS's longtime lawyers, who I've been belly bumping and fighting with for years, <laughs> I know these guys. Anyhow, they're one of them standing at the uh, big uh, ornate uh, secure gates down in Texas, and he's literally literally letting every reporter that wants to, because they've got assembled all the moms to yeah. do their pity yes. party down there. Well, we I, I'm there down down covering it while all of this is going on. Literally, satellite trucks are going down there, and and crew vehicles, and every every idiot with a pen and a piece of paper calling himself a reporter was let in. As I'm walking towards the gate with my camera guy, this one of their uh, Salt Lake attorneys sees me and he, "Hey, you, you're not welcome." And I was very. I've I've never of been on that. Them. I literally every reporter in America, including Oprah, who did a disastrous and disservice yeah. to the job. That's she built it saying. the other way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she just. I mean, she's a lot of people like to. It's that's one of the. It's a seductive story. Every yeah. po- reporter wants to get the inside, and and the people who have paid no dues and made no contact sort of just. Okay, well, if you give me access to the inside, I won't ask the yeah. hard questions. And that's clearly the deal with the devil that many of them, and I think Oprah made, and it did a great disservice to child protective services Completely. and their efforts because after that, they just gave the kids. Let money. me ask you yeah. this. Like, you went through this whole thing, and again, it destroyed governors. It destroyed people who tried to open their mouths in a the handful. Past. Of and there's Mike Watkins, you know, yeah. popping up there with his, you know, clearly a little bit of an. Can't you? Yeah, see he's got a little bit of an extra uh, attitude towards this whole thing. I just no. I just I grew up there. I was a, I grew up uh, in the area. Baptized. No, I grew up in oh. Salt Lake City. Oh, I was in that. Baptized a Mormon. I have yeah. polygamist ancestors. My wife has polygamist ancestors. And so it was always a thorn so, in your well, side. Well, it's just I, I knew the, I knew the story. I yeah. mean, I've been fascinated by this sort of. When I went to college, I got a degree in anthropology, which is basically a, the study of society right. as sort of a, an organism and how does it sustain itself. And I really looked at, you know, I look back and I, it, it wasn't so highfalutin back in the early days, but I look back and I think, you know, in many ways, what what my re, my reporting has, has been is sort of a, a forensic uh, ethnography yeah. in uh, in the terms of uh, anthropological study of how a culture that is very well defined sustains. Itself. Yeah. What are mechanisms in place? The, you know, the weeding out of the boys became sort of an industrial effort. Uh, the systematic predation on the younger and younger girls to keep that crop. You know, you need to do that to sustain the organism. But wasn't the, the downfall the field? The downfall of the entire thing, it seems, as watching the documentary, was their uh, their step away from the fundamentals and to start to stretch the boundaries a little bit. Like Warren Jeffs even started to make the people inside start to ask questions, which was the cancer to the whole thing, where a few questions going, wait a minute, you know, Rulon did it a, a way that we can all say might not be normal, but what he's doing is definitely different and which caught the eye of a bunch of other people and finally broke that whole, oh, my kids, my kids uh, media attention that, that could sway it the other way. There was no... The, the the audio tape that broke you in the documentary and made it you know how hard it is to make my stomach turn and I'm watching that thing and I'm like I'm sick like I am sick yeah, to my well, stomach of that audio tape yeah, that's where rough. it went different because Warren Jeffs took it to a, a new level of disturbing well and I. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. But I agree with everything you just said. I've some of us have been fighting this uh, for a long time. Some sort of laugh uh, sort of darkly about this. That yeah. Warren was the best thing that ever happened because all this bad stuff was happening yeah. before Warren. But I've likened him to sort of the Caligula of polygamy. Right. He was the he was this 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 little uh, son of the the court. He was a, just a went prominent mad. family dad. They were the rich Salt Lake versions. Most of these are hard scrabbled people who live on the Arizona Utah right. border. But there was sort of there's always there's a class system within the FLDS. There's and. Uh, and Warren came from a very favored family, took over reins from his decrepit father, yeah. and and just took every a bad situation and, and like Caligula it. just made it because yeah. he just has horrible uh, you know appetites yeah. for young children. You know, he got busted. I was watching an interview that I did with one of his nephews named Brent Jeffs who really brought a lawsuit, civil lawsuit that broke up the, the corporate trust up there because he says Warren raped him, basically sodomized him when he was a little kid. This is all part of the record. You know, there's so much of this this dark story to tell and, and Netflix had a limited time. Yeah. I think they did a great Did you job. like the documentary? You know, they, they they did what the one thing when I told them, uh, I, I – to research the pedigree of the people who are putting it together, and they've done some significant stuff. And they assured me that it's like, you know what? I don't want to be involved in this if you're going to make this the story of some knight in shining armor who yeah, saved this. Right. This is not some famous author who wrote a book right. and changed it. It's not. It's a, it's a it's a story of just a, a bunch of brave women who were abused horribly in this systematic yeah. way and stood up and said, "Hell no, we're not going to let yeah. our little sisters and brothers go through the same." Did you? Amazing everything. Yeah. And, and, and anybody who I – like, I can name you the, you know, the 20 women over the course of three generations and I think their, their name should be inscribed down on Wesley Boland. Build something for them. Because you know, they're heroes and they – this was the, the worst human rights crisis that had just uh, metastasized right oh. in the center of America and nobody gave a damn yeah. for a But what's frustrating is it still that. continues. You know, people are. You know, look and at that, look at, look at yeah. somebody. You know, R. Kelly is. People are being, or somebody else, going. some other Svengali nut. I've covered. Yeah. I've covered cults all over. I mean, you know, I think in the context of America today, there's a couple of profound questions. Certainly, it is the the uh, the treatment of women and how they're. You know, certainly with Roe Wade. This, I think, there a lot of this becomes more, and then people's willingness to give their beliefs over yeah. to a con man charlatan. Oh, I, and I, that's I hate. I that. I think I these are profound that. questions for yeah. the moment. But when, Two generations. Bo- when you're born into it and you're not allowed to ask questions, there's almost a guy emailed me and said something completely poignant and said, you have to remember, Warren Jeffs was born into this. Yeah. And, and he wasn't defending yeah, him by any means, but he goes, this guy didn't know how the world worked and then had a screw loose. And that's all it took to make it so obscene because it was. Did you have... Now, you're trying to take this whole thing and, and shine a light on it for years. Did you have, obviously... Uh, blowback from them coming at you and your family. Uh, 
I, Warren uh, notoriously put a, sort of an ecclesiastical hit out on me and a, a cop buddy of mine, one of the few law officers who actually did his job in this thing, a guy named Gary Engels, who's a, who has been forgotten by history, but he's one of the few guys that actually made a difference. And Warren put out some ecclesiastical hit on us during one of his ceremonies, <laughs> telling his followers, don't, I, I don't lose a lot of sleep over right. this, guys. But yeah, I've been, you know, I certainly belly bumped with their attorneys. And sure. all of the guys up on uh, another sub, sub story to this is the law enforcement agency up there, the cops that's in the Colorado City Marshal's office, who were just Warren's paid enforcers. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I belly bumped with those guys on multiple. Was there games. a time at any point where you're like, oh, no, this is this one might be a little bit pushed, touchy? And at least, you know, maybe you're not worried, but you've got I need to back down. I got, got kids, well, I, you got family, you got yeah, things to worry about. I guess, you know, did I, it, did I, it, I did. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I'm not smart enough, probably, <laughs> to uh, be was be fearful for myself. I was, you know, I've taken precautions for my family sure. over the years. Yeah, yeah, I and, mean, and because a, that's the nature of what your job turned into, which is no longer the fluff guy at local news in between weather and and uh, house fires, was like legitimate old fashioned journalism news reporting, yeah. which was I, well, thank you. It's unheard of now, though. They really don't have it as much. It's more salacious than it is actually. You know, bright light kind of uh, journalism. Yeah, I, I, it's, I've been retired now for four years, and when I occasionally look back, you know, at what's going on, I, I'm glad I'm out because I don't know if I could function. Yeah, and that's the way of, I, I am. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that wouldn't allow me to function the way I functioned then. Do you go and back? I'm, I'm grateful to the station because yeah. they hired. You know, I'd been doing this for 20 years when Channel Three hired me. And those guys hired me because they saw me take a punch on television. Somebody yeah. threw a punch at me <laughs> yeah. on television. And the next yeah. day I get a call, phone call from the guys at Channel 3. Come on over. Yeah. So they sort of knew that I was a wild man. They hired me. And God bless them. They did what – they didn't do what most uh, people do. They hire talent and then say, we love you. And then they yeah. bring you on board and say, now we want to change. Right. Did they, did they – They never did that. Did they put up walls for you trying to go after the never. fundamentalists? They no, let no, you go. Yeah. No, they had – they showed um, an amazing amount of courage. To yeah. allow me to go out and do what was in you know sort of inherently risky on multiple levels, yeah, uh, you know, especially back global. in the early '90s, the the, the the Mormons getting confused with the fundamentals for the general oh, public that, that had to scare Channel crazy. Three. Yeah, well, and yeah, I, I yeah, they, but no, they were very courageous, and I never, I tried to make the distinction. Am I blown? Is that your phone is blown? Up? Uh, yeah. You got fans, uh, Mike. Yeah. Mike Locke just no, has it's my parole officer and my bookie. <laughs> but, well, we know it's not your barber. <laughs> yeah, Let's talk yeah. about this. Yeah, well, yeah, now the yeah, hair yeah, just yeah. came out of because uh, you were a straight laced. I saw you at an AJ's once getting attacked by a, a mob of middle aged women that were loving every second of seeing Mike awesome. Locke wow. in, in the wild. That close from FLDS. I, yeah, I, I long for those days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the lady that was attacking you that day, but still, uh, she was like very annoying and following okay. you. And you're like, "Well, you want a picture or not?" That's yeah. basically what it was going. And I'm like, "Just leave the man alone." Yeah. But uh, straight laced, you know, slick hair. And then we see straight you in the documentary. Is not something. I'm no, that's what you often. looked like, though. No, I get no it, right? one knew. And then you show up in the documentary, and the first thing I'm hearing is, "Have you seen the documentary?" And I'm like, "Not yet." Have you seen Mike Watkiss's hair? And he and he lives in an amongst. It looks like you're just constantly doing research. You're in a bunker. In your bunker. Well, that yeah, yeah that that was not my uh, that was not my uh, that was sort of no, just some place they put wrote, you. Well, that was I, someone that was else's a, bunker. You no, know, yeah. it was a studio. That, yeah, okay. It, it was. It, we were worried you were confined. living in there. Yeah, and that you're you know. Look you're, at all the files. You haven't been kept. outside because yeah, we haven't well, seen you in four years, yeah. and you come back and you're. 
And you're Jesus. <laughs> well, I, uh, that or people will say that or Charlie Manson. Or Manson. It's Manson yeah. Christ kind of. It's a, it's a great band ones. name. Oh, that tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, was in a, I was in a sauna in my, at my gym and sitting in a sauna, you know, the circumstance. And some guys in the fog sort of away from me, it sort of shouts, thinks it's funny and says, so how did you get the swastika off your head? <laughs> I'm thinking, dude, I don't, I don't even know you. That's and, a good one. Uh, that's a little that's a, personal. That's a, Come that's on a now. great joke and brave. <laughs> yeah, for, brave. Well, for a yeah, stranger and, and, to say that to and, a guy. And right out of the fog, and I'm you know just sort of a lump in the. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you get you get through this. Are you uh, as a guy who's been kind of dedicated to this for so long, and maybe you've disassociated uh, more than I know? Uh, have you been? Um, are you satisfied with all that's happened? Enough to walk away from this whole thing because you've said it a couple times here. It's just a thing that's going to never. It's a perpetual cycle of nonsense that you can't stop. But are you satisfied with your place in that and what you've accomplished? Well, you know, again, what a number of people have accomplished. But uh, there, you know, there are two things that, again, looking in hindsight, I can make much more sense of it because it was just a wild, wild sort of guerrilla warfare journalism when we were doing it. But looking back in hindsight, the the things that we accomplished, we sort of exposed Warren Jess for what he is and got him incarcerated. And uh, to the extent that his followers want to know that or not know that. But we got we, – we, we put the prophet in prison. And then the second really critical thing that's not as sexy, but uh, there was a federal uh, trial yeah. in Phoenix just before I retired. And the, the Department of Justice basically went in and sued the two towns for wide sweeping discrimination. They took – they wrenched control of the, those two cities away from the ruling did – uh, away from the cult and it took the cops away from them. Yeah. So now you've got a they got a brew pub up there. Yeah. They got a coffee shop up there. I the zillowed last, it when, when I was, was looking. When was the last time you were there? I, I I shot a little snippet for a film, and it was the last time I went up there. And it was a couple. It's of years beautiful. Ago. Yeah, and it's one of the most gorgeous spots on earth. And that's yeah. you know I think people are rightly concerned that suddenly now developers are because it's now doesn't have the weird. Right. And, and so there's now a whole drama about who's going to go up there. This, the, the thing is, for many years, the, the church controlled all of the land. And yeah. anybody got out of yeah. it, even if you, you – you have to build your own home with your own money, but they own the dirt. So they're great extortion tool. You get out of line or get crosswise and profit. Get the hell out of town. Yeah, you're gone. And, well, a, a brave woman many years ago got kicked out and went to court and, and, and got a ruling that made them give her fair mar- – yeah, you guys can kick her out, but you got to give her fair market value. Yeah. That was one of the you know a pivotal lawsuit involving so a they woman named people Lenora out by, oh they just throw just, people yeah, out yeah. whenever they you don't get, you don't want to give up your daughter right now get out of town and literally people would just get through, you know a family with you know a man two wives and and sixteen kids could just get booted out of a home or the man would get kicked out yeah or they and and in latter years they they started separating children from parents and there were like large groups of kids sort of really in in, in collective care. That, that there were real no parent figures. I mean, things got really bad uh, for uh, the the people still. And, and the, the sad thing is, Warren Jeff's victims. Yeah. Are they're not outside. They're not perpetrating crimes against others. It's against the people who are always the victims: yeah. the women and children in his own culture. 
Yeah, and it's crazy because you can't talk them out of it. What drove you out of it? Are you still uh, – this had to kill any spirituality or religion well, I guess, that you could have. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a real – I'm not at all. A spiritual yeah. or religious yeah. man. I'll just leave it at that. But I were guess, you I, growing I, up and then you something clicked? You're like no, too I many questions never, in your I head? No, I don't really feel like I ever had any real skin in the game. Right. And never, family I still never involved? never believed this. Yeah. My, my family, yeah. uh, no. Nope. Uh, my wife's family, uh, to a large extent, very yeah. uh, still involved. Not, not the fundamentalists. They're LDS. And yeah. Nice, yeah. very nice people. But So, you know, and I, I had an uncle uh, who's been long since dead but was in the Council of the Twelve Apostles. And wow. Those are uh, many years ago. So he's my, he's my one link to sort of my, uh, my street cred. Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got a little Mormon. <laughs> Mormon okay, street cred. No, I, yeah, I grew up, I grew up like... in Salt Lake City. I was baptized. I have no hard feelings, but I think yeah. most religions – uh, have you yeah. know are, are are I'm real suspect of most of them. Yeah, Mormon Mormon uh, street cred is sort of the lemonade stand of street cred. Wow, <laughs> that's beautiful. I'm gonna, so, yeah. I'm gonna get some lemonade and go down and yeah. sit on that Alice in Chains bench and ponder. <laughs> you like our bench? Oh man, I love beautiful, that. right? We had to put the chains on it because people would skateboard. We needed a, we need somebody okay. to break and that. Then, up. Keeps and them then, off. Yeah. They and then it, it became obvious. That yeah. it was Alice. This is easy. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Mike uh, uh, Mike Watkins is here this morning, and of course, uh, everybody's going nuts over the documentary on Netflix. Uh, your work to 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 throughout an entire life, and you got a book called Murder Mayhem uh, PTSD it's Story called, Hustler. It's story Hustler Murder yeah. Mayhem. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, and it, it is about like we talked a little before uh, you, we opened the mics and stuff about how I said, "Why did you stop?" And you said immediately burned out, and it wasn't the stories, it wasn't anything else. This type of life of exposure, exposing things in media, and as ugly as media has gotten, has got to play with your brain. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I walked out. Uh, I think uh, feeling good about things, and certainly yeah. amicably with the station. I hope, and I just, I really, I'd been chasing bad events and going to the worst things that had ha- happened in town every day in my life for forty years. And I did realize you just know, hit the of, wall. Yeah, I just sort of hit the wall. The last few years were difficult. And thank God I had a great partner, James Apolitegi, a camera guy who carried me through most of it. But when you, you say know, things had fallen apart, what did you, what was different? What started to happen? I just, you know, I just, I just was tired. I just yeah. realized I wanted to go in, and I felt like uh, for forty years I wanted to go in and, and with the mindset that the story, whatever story I'm doing, that's the most important story of the day. Yeah, and you know, and I, just, I feel like I sort of carried that to the end. But it became more – I just was worn out. And Arizona's uh, summers will wear you down. Oh, yeah. Though that, you know, 25 years in the – and I just – I'm old. And, I, and you're done. And, and what's I, dro- I, I just wrong? drove the machine too far, yeah. too fast for too long. And, and I had to stop. I got too many miles on So do you think there. that there was a moment where you started – like you, you just had trouble motivating yourself to make this story important to you? No. I mean I feel, I feel like I, st- I gave it everything I got till the last day. And I Until hope, just, I hope, yeah. you know. No, it was always but, great. But like you were I always. Reali- I just realized that, you know, I, I there, and I was really, st- I wanted to finish the book and I had started getting a few opportunities to do some acting. And honestly, that's sort of, oh, okay. and I thought this is the time to shift. I'm, I'm worn out. Yeah. I'd rather go, have somebody hand me some lines that I have to remember, go up, right. hit my, you know, know my lines, hit my <laughs> hit marks mark. and yeah. go home yeah. Yeah. and not have to carry the burden of producing this damn thing from, yeah. from one episode to another. It's just that the, the day-to-day grind of daily television, yeah. you know, wore me out. Do you have any stories that you did that you, you ground out, you, you worked on and realized I am making a mistake? 
Like this is like I'm I'm not comfortable with what I'm doing here, or, or is there anything that you regret? I guess being you know, like I you did, dug a little deep and you're like maybe I'm oh, digging. Oh, dude, I did a, I did stories for a current affair that were I remember that tabloid trash. Yeah, you know, yes. and, and yeah, I'm t- I mean, there's definitely stories I hope I hope have gone off into the ether and nobody ever sees again. Really, you know, but that's it. I think I did. The, it, some days you just fill in a new, the, yeah, you're just time. beast of a news. They need material. They need, but the- you know, I I tried to to the extent, and I didn't have the opportunity you have to sort of work your way into these positions but you get to a position where you have some say in what you're doing yeah and uh you know i'm grateful that a lot of times they would listen to what i wanted to do you mentioned uh writing the book that yeah. one of the reasons you wrote the book was kind of to apologize to your kids in a oh, way, it's about my, way yeah the book uh, story hustler is dedicated to my daughter and my son and it i, I tell them this is my mea culpa this is why your dad's so crazy yeah these are the stories. Did you have Sit- a tough relationship with him? No, during no, all I, no. I, 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 uh, throughout all of this, and again, I'm, I'm not asking for any sympathy because everything I've done is self-inflicted. Yeah. But my family has been, you know, I, I got my beautiful wife, and we're together forty years almost, and my kids are great. So they, they've kept me sane. Yeah. I'm so this is this is you basically saying thanks for allowing me to be. Mike Watkins, well, the lunatic, for yeah, as long as I've been. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> you know, and and I'll tell you that uh, I would never. This took a lot of, away from my family and being on the road and doing these things, and I never would have done it without my wife. Yeah, she was she was sort of the moral and spiritual because she understands she understands it in many ways better than I do, and uh, without her, I would never have done yeah. that stuff. Now, so. you, I would describe you as intense. <laughs> okay, so that's how I would say. What would surprise people about Mike Watkins? That's like, uh, here's the teddy bear part of Mike Watkins. What's the what's the uh, the thing you're like? All right, if people uh, my, knew that. My daughter, if she's listening to this, is rolling right now. Yeah, because she knows. Well, you know, I don't. I I always tell people I'm going to let. I I just sort of done what I've done, and people somebody else can write the obituary. Yeah. So I don't. You know, <laughs> if I you don't, could write your own. What would you write? Oh boy, see, I wouldn't do that. You I, wouldn't. That would be utterly <laughs> unfair. I'd rather. Mine know. would just say, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yes. That's my obituary. Sorry about that. <laughs> you think? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> Why do you have to be sorry? Yeah. I don't know. I, you entertain I, I don't know. people sure. every morning. I'm sure somebody. Did. I'm sure everybody it's deserves informative, one. Informative. It's entertaining. I, you know, yeah. like I say, most of the most of the best camera guys that I know. Yeah, and they're the coolest people in the business. All listen. They like show. us. Well, that's good. Then they're dark. So, yeah, There's something so, wrong with them too. Play, I was listening. Come down. I love the yeah. music. Well, thank you. Oh yeah, we got some good stuff going. Great what stuff. about your book? Uh, should we know? Uh, Story Hustler, Murder Mayhem, PTSD. What about this that uh, that you haven't told us? Is something that you're like, man, I just had to get this out. Uh, well, you know, I made the face off with the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, and sitting as close as I am to you guys talking about the nature of evil. That was pretty with fun. him. Oh yeah, with uh, yeah. Uh, what Richard. was that like? I am fascinated with yeah, serial it, killer. I, it's interesting. Uh, the Netflix uh, thing on Ramirez. Yeah. If you listen to the, the, the opening second, yeah. there's a quote with Richard saying, we're all evil. 
Yeah. That's my that's my interview. So that's I you. actually have two things on oh. Netflix. I have a little clad. I don't know. They, <laughs> but it, yeah, it, 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 ambushing Elizabeth Taylor on an airplane. Uh, Fun. Waiting for Marlon Brando as he's coming out of L.A. Uh, lockup to uh, get Christian out of jail after Christian. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where I got Marlon to answer a couple of questions. And it was like, you know, I felt like this is my one scene with the great yeah. Marlon Brando. And I just empathize with him as a father because yeah. he's not an actor right now. He's a concerned dad yeah. bailing his son out because his son is crazy and yeah. he's not yeah. a guy. Yeah. And that had to be – like oh, those, dude, those are those moments too where empathizing has got to be difficult because your job is not to empathize. Oh, I, I'm jockeying with – 40 other crews and throwing elbows with camera, you know, yeah. the reporters to get up. At, and Marlon goes walking by with Robert. Uh, who was he with? He was with, no, Robert Shapiro. Another yeah. Oh, yeah, the lawyer. LA, yeah. Uh, attorney. And, uh, and Tito. And, uh, who are, but, uh, not Tito, uh, his son, uh, one of his other sons. But they, So they come out and everybody's barking questions. But I got a big voice and I shouted and Marlon stopped. And I got a couple of questions, you know. It's just the the, the cool. advantage of having a big booming yeah. voice. It yeah. was kind of. Cre- it helps. And uh, but he stopped for a second, asked a couple of questions, uh, and then split. And it just it, I, the right about just having sort of this uh, this empathy for a father. Yeah, which know. is hard to do in your position. Now, when you had Richard Ramirez, how long did you get to sit with him? Oh, I was in there. I see. I met. I. I he was uh, he'd been convicted of all the crimes in Los Angeles and uh, and he'd been sent up to San Francisco to face uh, one more 14th murder trial. He was already yeah, he was done. He was done, but he was being held in a San Francisco jail. He'd never been interviewed. And I, I read that there were a bunch of his groupies that were punching each other out at the gates of the jail to get inside. And I said, I got to go and do this. Story. Yeah. Went up, made friends with one of the girls. Next thing I know, she's taken me in, and where she's, you know, she dressed sexy, and Richard yeah. liked her, and she takes me in, and I'm sitting there with Richard Ramirez while these other women are giving a strip show to some of the other inmates. It was a scene. Wow, <laughs> oh, dude, it, I write about that. But yeah. uh, anyhow, the long and the short of it is, I may sort of, you know, made a connection with Richard, and he agreed to do an interview, uh, sort of a, as the liaison of this young woman who was his friend, and uh, and I made friends with. And next thing I know, uh, well, I went and interviewed one of his victims that had survived in the Midwest, and that sort of informed my interview because after spending time with this guy that he had shot in the head a couple of times, I was ready to go. I wanted to go punch Ramirez. So I get in and we get to do the the interview, and it's pretty contentious because I'm – and it was a crappy interview. What's your first question? I was angry. Uh, uh, Oh, because you got to set that up to be yeah, either I think contentious I may, have, or not. I may have asked him if he was evil. I don't know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'd probably ask him how he was. Yeah. How you doing? You know, whatever. <laughs> how's the Westford food? Sitting, you know. <laughs> how, about the, how about the weather? Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. What's the, how's the, yeah, how's the uh, jail yeah. grub? You don't small talk with him. Right? Yeah. The Alcatraz yet? Yeah. You but, don't. Uh, but you see, the interesting thing was he. I was sort of ticked off, which is not a good way to go into an interview. And I say this in the book. It was a crappy interview. I learned a lot. But he had. He had. He wasn't going to answer any questions. And he, he had written down sort of a manifesto, oh. and he was going to read the damn thing. And I s- soon realized that that's where he was going to. That was we're the all goal for him. You know, men have killed themselves into this democracy, right? Democracy, and there, you know, everything he said was true. But he just <laughs> he just had a bunch of sort of satanic sort of stuff that he wanted to manifesto out there right. and read. So he had some good and points. So, and so I just, just started. Like, if that's what he's going to do, I'm going to. I got to knock yeah. him off this a little bit. And, we're right. just, and, and it just became this contentious sort of back and forth. Is that available? I need to check. It. It's, I think it's on the YouTube. How is the lady a friend with – I mean that's what's – 
Oh, dude, this guy, like, uh, Richard, uh, was a rock star. He had, yeah. had groupies. His L.A. trial was full. Yeah. One of one of the groupies that was had was trying to get in to see him in San Francisco uh, after the L.A. trial was one of the jurors of the L.A. trial, a woman who uh, had convicted him, but now was going up there and fighting with the other girls because she was, yeah. you know, she I, fell in I, love. I think she was enamored with him. Did you wow. feel? Did you feel the difference of him? I guess you would because you kind of knew going in what he was. But was there an obvious like, whoa, this is a different animal than the human species we're dealing with? No. I've interviewed a, a good number of serial killers, and people ask me that all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I say, no. Yeah. Because – They have to blend. Let me tell you, I've never met a serial killer, never covered a serial killer who takes on somebody that can fight back. They all sneak up in the night and attack yep. people. So when you're sitting face to face with one of these guys, most of them are not real tough guys. You know, yeah. they're punks who slip through windows and shoot people while they're laying in their yeah. beds. Yeah, and uh, you know, so if it's if it's just sort of, am I, I got some cre- could it, yeah, I mean, Richard definitely. Was a, he had a look, though. I mean, that yeah, oh, and he, he had and, he, just, and he loved it and yeah. he played it a lot. Right, yeah. But and his backstory, the one thing that the Netflix uh, thing about Ramirez did not do, they did a brilliant job of talking the story of these two great cops who tracked him. Great yeah. story. Yeah. But they didn't really do much backstory on Ramirez. And and he's a fascinating character. And the one thing yeah. I tell people, he, he was a real bright kid, young man. Yeah, I you sense that that he was a kid. But he had a, he had an uncle who was basically a serial killer while he was yeah. in Vietnam. In Vietnam, loved to kill Asian women, and uh, and that became sort of. And, and Richard grew up with this guy who boasted about killing yeah. women while he was. A, that was a, the cool uncle. The cool uncle who who Richard was present uh, in a kitchen when that uncle shot his wife in the head. Yeah. You know, so the backstory. Uh, you look at a backstory like Ramirez and you think, uh, this kid's probably going to go off the rails. It really is just a question. How much? Yeah, that's why I'm fascinated with serial killers because that nature-nurture gets involved. Yeah, yeah, and it's very sure. rarely nature. Uh, and there's a little bit of it that has to be there. But to me, the nurture side of it is almost always like, oh, you took something that may not have been okay and then showed it ten things that were definitely not okay right. and encouraged yeah, you know, you 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 lit the flame. The, the pilot was on. Right. You decided to light the gas because almost everyone you study that has that did not just have normalcy. Yeah. There was always something you trace back and go. This like the Ramirez thing has several. Yeah. To where you're like that built him. Yeah. And oh, who yeah. knows what he would have been otherwise, but that yeah. built him. And I don't know if that's an inherent thing or. Yeah, Bundy. I don't either. Yeah, I yeah don't it's either. tough to watch Bundy's another one. I mean, you start getting into it, and everybody's yeah. history is like we built this. So yeah. that's the that's my fascination with serial killers is they can be manufactured. Do you find that different in a way? In what are you saying? The nature nurture. I, I don't. You know, I'm not nearly smart enough or educated yeah. to, to make a, a statement. Me neither. That, but, but it I, sounded I said, good. No, didn't but it? no, no. You're, you're absolutely. <laughs> I find this. I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, but I feel the same way you do. Yeah. I'm fascinated. I think that this is why I brought the. Ramirez's history up, you know, his crimes are horrific, and uh, and uh, the cops did a great job of tracking him down, and yeah, and that's what but, we've uh, been doing for decades. Story. He's so. an interesting cat, and uh, you know, and what what made him what he was as as I've been I've thought about it, you know, it's again one of those little demons that I think about frequently. Yeah, you know? that's the fascination of it because yeah. we're we're you know we've been looking we've been trying to find answers yeah. like how can you prevent this from happening uh, yeah, or, how, you know, if like I what can, creates but that? by the if time it, you're looking 
It's too, too late. late. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, wouldn't it be great if we just walk down the street and say, that's the guy who's yeah, yeah, exactly. It would be great if video uh, game uh, lights but, showed up know, over bad guys. Teddy Bundy to uh, Dahmer to, uh, you know, to Richard Ramirez. And, you know, Dean. You, put them all yeah, up you can't predict the unpredictable. Know, it's knows? crazy. Uh, man, it, I could talk to you for hours. I would, it would well, be it's great. Just, it's awesome yeah. to meet you and, and see you. And the things that you've done, and I've lived here for a long time and just watching you do stuff locally. <laughs> Let me apologize. Yeah. <laughs> see, now you're <laughs> like I get me. a blanket pardon? Everything's I'm sorry. You're just <laughs> you're like me. <laughs> you you feel the same way I do. Let me just say I'm sorry for everything before we there even get go. going. I, I may steal the line from <laughs> yeah, it's I guess I'll, it's a race to the graveyard. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm on my way, man. Right. Uh, but yeah, Mike Watkins. The, the book is called Story Hustler, Murder, Mayhem, PTSD, uh, uh, it's available now if you want to grab it. I'm sure all over the internet, bookstores, if those still exist, and everywhere else you want to grab it. Uh, and it's pretty awesome. How fast is this read? What, what are we looking at? Because I am a bad reader. 318, 318. Oh, have three. you done the audio book yet? Yeah, that's people are on me about doing that. I Just record it here. Do you have the book with you? Yeah, we I got do. studios. We record it right here. It'll be great. You guys have better uh, pipes than I do. Oh, here please. That's ridiculous. But the uh, yeah, it's awesome. And, that, and one thing you can leave us with, like if you were to tell somebody who wanted to be the next Mike Watkiss, what do you tell them? Like, you know, I'm sure you get that all the time. Uh, there's that old adage in the newsroom, fire in the belly. Yeah. Give me a kid that's got fire in the belly and, and when something's breaking, I want to go. Yeah. I want to go. Do you miss it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you? And when when, uh, when Ukraine happened, I was ready to just go you grab a go. camera. What's and, wrong with you? That's and, weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like running towards insanity without a gun. And I, th- you know, and I've enjoyed. I think that I've been blessed to cover a lot of cops and a lot of firefighters. Love covering yeah. those guys. And firefighters uh, lived at a firehouse for a long time. And uh, and I, I think that I was good at covering that because I understood the guys who want to yeah. run in. You get the mindset. Everybody's going out. Yeah, it makes I mean, sense I just – and that's perverse. It's not because I want to be, go be a hero. I just – I got to go – I got to go find out what's going on. And You're curious. What, what, I can what motivates do. you. Yeah. Driven by curiosity. That's a dangerous uh, thing. Oh, yeah, to get you kid. Can't get you in a lot of trouble. in big trouble. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, we called yeah. you yesterday. Yeah, well, listen, I yeah, again, I heard through some of my dear friend Mikey Smith and yeah. some of the gang that uh, you guys were looking for me, and I figured I better touch Yeah, you better show up. We'll find you. We have people. Yeah. yeah, you got people. Yeah, we'll come get you. Mike Watkins, thank you for coming by Thanks, here. Gentlemen. And any anytime you want to come promote anything, plug anything, or just be bored and I pop in. drink your coffee. Is it, is it all right? Free coffee. Yeah, free coffee. I don't know if it's good or not. I don't drink coffee. All right, deal. Mike Watkins, everybody. The book is available now. It's 98 KUPD. Arizona's most powerful, powerful rock radio station. 98 KUPD. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.